Welcome to McKnight's Market Leaders Podcast, where industry experts share their insights. I'm Diane Esterbrook. Today, we're going to hear from executives at Waystar on how to overcome revenue cycle management challenges. Joining me for our discussion is Missy Miller, Vice President of Commercialization at Waystar, Cody Chambers, Regional Director at Waystar, and Tim Dawson, Account Executive. Thanks so much for being here. What do you see as the major problems or challenges facing revenue cycle departments and personnel? And I'm gonna start this question with Missy. You would lead off for us, Missy. Thank you for the question. As I reflect on this, some of the instances are really no different than other industries as we look at the challenges that we're all facing uh, as it relates to COVID-19 and the pandemic and how it's just changed our everyday. When we look at revenue cycle specifically, if we focus on kind of where we started pre-pandemic and the labor shortages, it's only exacerbated those and burdened the staff and really widened the gap as we look at this specifically to healthcare today. I remember many, many uh, years ago when we were concerned that we would lose a couple thousand healthcare workers a year. And just to put that into perspective of where we are today, since the onset of COVID-19, healthcare employment has dropped by 524,000 people. If we look at September alone, 17,500 jobs have been vacant. And so it's in the challenge with that is it's not that we have less patients to tend to and to make sure that they're getting healthier and our communities are getting healthier. Now we're having to do this with less folks that are talented individuals that can help us get our communities healthier. As we look at revenue cycle and really where we're challenged and where we're having to get even smarter in the way that we work is how do we do that with less resources? And many organizations that I speak to on a regular basis are now leaning on technology more than ever to help offset some of those labor shortages. And the reality of this situation is we just, we can't hire our way out of this. We have to innovate and really leaning on technology and smart technology to do that. So that's one of the challenges that we're really faced with as we look at getting our communities healthier, as well as making sure that we have the best operations in place from a billing perspective to help our providers get paid. And Cody, I think you have some thoughts on that as well. Do you want to expand on what Missy just said? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And some of the major challenges that we see throughout revenue cycle departments, especially in long-term care, post-acute and home health hospice settings, is just a lack of expertise. It's not something that we can really study in a college environment. Uh, It's something we have to learn and, and be trained on and really understand the differences between a regular you know, professional claim as opposed to an institutional claim, the biggest focus being Medicare. And, and with that, that lack of expertise, it, it really falls on fighter the organization to train their staff to the best of their abilities and continue to retrain and, and invest in them and automation in different ways that they can really make their working lives a lot better as well. And, and the challenges we see there is, you know, using th- systems from 1965, Medicare's database, having to work in different areas like that, um, where they're really just out of date and, and require that expertise. And through technology and, and kind of bringing things to the 21st century, it's a lot easier for clients and their staff to pick it up and really be able to see things from a high level and, and drill into things and uh, automate those manual processes that might be there as well. Kind of turn over to Tim from there. 
Yeah, yeah. And just to kind of add that they both, thank you both for explaining that well, but just to add to that in terms of adopting and embracing technology, um, and Cody mentioned the antiquated systems, it really comes down just to, the, you know, the lack of transparency and having too many various uh, sources of truth in terms of data and bringing all that into a single platform that, you know, can allow you to see from a, a high level all of the financials through the organization. I, I kind of like to think of one, not necessarily the, the immediate uh, issues based off of COVID, but kind of a long-term thought process in this post-acute world is, is the idea of some type of tribal knowledge in that, um, you know, a, a certain few know all about billing. And so it's kind of that concept of unlocking that, passing that knowledge uh, um, to other, other billers, and then being able to see that, like I said, from a 10,000 foot view. I like that term tribal knowledge. Um, The pandemic really has had a significant impact on every business over the last 20 months. So to what extent has the pandemic exacerbated some of these workplace issues within revenue cycle departments? Cody? That's a great point. And I think the the biggest challenges was the uh, biggest challenge was a sudden shift to remote work. And if we're not prepared and have proper technology in place, there's, there's things that simply just can't be done. Uh, working remotely uh, and things that require paper. If we still have antiquated paper processes, uh, if that be receiving paper remits, paper claims, as simple as that, or even lockbox, not having lockbox functionality in place, there's there's really nothing we can do in those paper processes and everything's going to the previous office or our remote workers to be able to get involved in and take care of those things. So looking at technology to reduce paper is one of the biggest things I see and really the biggest topics throughout the change and the shift that, that happened from uh, the pandemic. And Tim, can you, can you expand on that? I've seen uh, firsthand with a lot of you know, individuals I've spoke with, just the, the idea of all of these billers or anybody involved with AR having to, or, or willingly being forced to work outside of their specific field due to the staffing shortages caused by uh, uh, the pandemic. And so, uh, you know, I've heard office managers, uh, people in billing departments working with the dietitian to, to cook foods, uh, to get out to the, the patients just simply because there's not enough bodies uh, in, in the, in the, you know, uh, location. So bringing technology in during the pandemic is really going to help kind of reduce those, those mundane tasks that, that Cody was mentioning in terms of paper processing and allowing those individuals to spend their time elsewhere without the organ- throughout the organization. And we've been hearing throughout the pandemic as well, the increasingly important role that technology can play, particularly when it comes to revenue cycle management. How do your clients deploy technology as a way of cutting down on staff workloads? Missy, I'll hand that over to you. Yeah, I appreciate that question. I, I look at all the tasks and responsibilities of the teams and I think about them in two different kind of buckets. One category is there is the opportunity to reduce human touches that are required. And then the second category is those activities and initiatives that require really talented teams to focus on them. How do we empower them to make them smarter and focusing on high quality initiatives? And so as we look at the, the first kind of category, there are a lot of manual efforts that exist within the billing operations today that are error prone. Anything that's manual you know, equals uh, the potential to be error prone. 
And that also can create really low satisfaction from an employee standpoint. And so looking at how do we apply intelligent automation to remove those manual efforts so that the team can focus on initiatives that yield higher outcomes. An example of that would be with RPA. So RPA is robotic processing automation, and it's where bots can go out to the payer website and pull back eligibility information so that staffing doesn't have to do that and create a lot of kind of manual tasks of picking up the phone and calling or checking the payer website, but allow automation to do that for them. And then as it relates to the second category of really empowering, um, there's a lot of different examples of that as well. But I, I like to think about it as how do we enable teams to work by exception so that they are focused on, on those pieces that need their, their attention and need their efforts. Um, we oftentimes see where uh, different, different patients won't, won't necessarily know that they have uh, coverage from an insurance standpoint. And so they go to their doctors and they say that they don't ha have coverage and they're self-pay when in reality they do. And this is where we can empower teams so that they're not having to call every single payer to understand, do they really not have coverage or they do, but allow technology and automation to identify that this patient actually does have coverage. And in fact, not only do they have coverage, but now we understand what their estimation is on their bill and that we can make sure that we're helping providers get paid by retrieving the, the dollars from the right payer. And so I think about it oftentimes in those two categories. And I really love the idea of enabling the teams to be able to do more with less as we kind of tie that back to the labor shortage that we talked about earlier. And I see Cody nodding. Do you have something to add there, Cody? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just a few things, you know, focusing in on uh, post-acute care again and um, Medicare being our, our really our top payer. A lot of, a lot of times clients are, are still going out to uh, that 1965 DOS-based system, what I like to call the Oregon Trail uh, system, the black and green uh, screen. And we have an RTP claim, um, ADR, uh, a partially paid claim that's out there in Medicare's dd system. There's uh, a lot of time and, and manual work that it takes to go out there and correct those claims so they can get back into the adjudication process and, and get it paid. With, with intelligent automation and with, with um, RPA and our systems to be able to pull out of those uh, antiquated databases, be able to correct claims in real time and really uh, streamline the workflow processes, it can take you know, something that would at times take 30 minutes or, or better uh, down to just a couple minutes. And uh, in reducing, you know, the staff time that it takes on those things, but also uh, being able to put that time back in your hands and have a true solution to be able to go out there and, and find additional revenue, uh, get every penny that we're really owed. Um, if that's a, a partially paid claim or if that's um, uh, something that was denied and we need to appeal it, whatever it might be, we just need to put the right tools in their toolbox so they can go out there and, and take care of what needs to be done. And from our roundtable discussions, I think that was the, the biggest and most prevalent uh, theme throughout, which was um, we want to get everything automated as far as the claims workflow. And then from a staffing standpoint, we want to be able to have them go after cash, go after what really matters. So we need to get to that well-oiled machine. And um, really, that can only be done with technology, with automation, 
with RPA AI, AI moving forward, especially long-term? So obviously technology can save a lot of time and money, but it can also present its own set of difficulties. What are the biggest roadblocks you've heard about when adopting new technology? And what solutions do you offer clients at Waystar to offer to mitigate those challenges? Tim. Yeah, uh, great question. So I, I hear it all t- all day, every day, and it's uh, status quo. You know, no one, nobody likes to change. I don't like to change my routine. So whenever we're having these conversations about bringing new technology in, status quo. And so what I like to think about in this type of, of conversation or when we're discussing changing technology is we want to work with or we want to be a true partner in this, in that we're there to understand or uncover your specific needs, challenges, help you keep up with industry changes. And yeah, status quo, biggest issue. Just to build off that a little bit, I think the most, uh, the biggest thing from the, our, again, our roundtable discussion with, with some of the healthcare leaders and uh, revenue cycle management and long-term care, uh, specifically post-acute market was working with, with a true partner and a vendor that uh, can help them help their staff understand the why. Why are we making these changes? Why are we looking to improve these processes, both both on the front end? Why, why does my day-to-day have to change? But uh, what is going to happen from me changing my day-to-day? That's going to bring in more cash flow for our, our organization so we can better take care of our patients. That's going to help to um, uh, put a new roof on, on some of our facilities, improve our beds, improve our uh, level of care. Those are the real, real things that are from a long-term thinking piece of it as well, but understand that why, why are we doing this? I think it's the most important uh, thing to get across to the staff as well. And then uh, from Waystar specifically, we've been best in class for the last 12 years in clearinghouse, clearinghouse support. We have a top-notch uh, solution adoption team that really works uh, with the end user and works with this entire uh, revenue cycle department to really adopt those and set in new processes and new ways of, of doing things. So we, we understand best practice, we know what to do, and we have a standardized process from there. Um, it, it's always a challenge, uh, like Tim mentioned, uh, to, to get anyone to change and to adopt change. So that's really what we're here for, and uh, is to be that true partner for change. Yeah, to change is tough. What, what is intelligent automation, and how does it help your clients reduce or eliminate staffing issues? Missy? Intelligent automation, it really is utilizing a couple different things. And what it's doing is it's incorporating a lot of buzzwords that we hear often, um, predictive analytics, robotic process automation, and machine learning. And it's automating those repetitive, redundant tasks, all with the goal so that the staff and the teams can focus on those more complex projects, those higher priority initiatives. And just by way of example, analyzing payer patterns. A big piece of this is being able to use predictive analytics to assess things like timing of remits. And why that becomes so important is this can inform work cues to define when you should status a claim, the likelihood of that payment or even denial, and those most likely to be successfully appealed. All of which, as you can imagine, helps guide workloads and prioritize the impact. And so intelligent automation is taking all those different technologies, predicting these patterns so that it's enabling the staff to work smarter and more informed um, as they go you know, through their day-to-day um, initiatives. Cody, do you have something to add there? Intelligent automation, I, I think Missy uh, uh, hit the nail on the head with it. It's, it's, it's about what can we automate and take out those manual, redundant, 
uh, monotonous tasks away so we can focus on things that need more more human involvement and, and things that are going to, again, help us get, get cash flow or get cash or find every penny that's still out there. And a few ways of doing that, like she mentioned, is just working by exception. Uh, we don't need to touch everything. Let's focus on the things that we do need to touch and setting up those proper work centers. Again, when we do have to go out to that 1965 database, why not pull out into a web-based format where we can bring ourselves back to the 21st century and be able to edit those things efficiently and correct claims efficiently. And it could be anything from prior authorizations or just taking some of those workloads off of staff that shouldn't be doing it in the first place and putting it back into our revenue cycle departments so that we can, we can automate these process, uh, processes like prior authorizations, for instance. Uh, one example of this, we see sometimes that nurses and, and other staff that really should be focused on patient care, getting involved in these other areas simply because they need to be, and we need someone involved in those, uh, which again, just takes again from, from other areas and other uh, workforce issues. So from that to anything we can, we have again on paper, let's, let's get rid of the paper processes. We don't need to fax mail to submit appeals, audits, things of that nature. We can do all that electronically. We have the technology to do it electronically. We just need to utilize it. And then uh, patient engagement as well, making it easier for patients to pay what, what they're owed, knowing what they need to pay up front. Again, taking out the human involvement, if that's more phone calls that we get from our patients or if that's uh, in their families, trying to take care of those different areas, we can automate those processes, give them ways to take care of what they owe um, up front as well uh, without getting any, any staff involved. And Tim, it looks like you have something to add. Yeah, I, I really think at the core here, Missy touched on some of the individual um, ideas of what intelligent automation brings, but really what we're looking at is being a, a proactive user rather than reactive. And, and what I mean by that is if we understand via intelligent automation that a claim is going to move into denial status or rejected status or return to provider status prior to that action actually taking place, it allows us to prepare, you know, allocate the proper resources to then, you know, when that time comes, utilize the, you know, the, the product or the process to, to its full advantage, I suppose. What are the ways the providers can leverage automation to free up staff to work on higher value tasks? Missy? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, as, as we look at some of, the, some of the success stories that we've had at Waystar, Sterling Health is a, a great example. As we all know, there's so much paper in, in the world of healthcare today, and, and paper can slow down processes. It can also, um, to Tim's point, cause us to be more reactive versus proactive. And Sterling Health took a really great lens at this and said, all right, how do we continue to overcome some of these inefficient processes as we also look at things like labor shortages? And they were able to increase their net revenue by 2% and then improve their first pass clean claims rate by 3%. So as you think about the impact that that has on their business, it's just substantial. And that's just one example. Another example would be New Bedford. You know, they recently were focusing on improving workflows and how do they achieve greater visibility as it comes to revenue cycle and being very proactive and reducing denials. And we partnered with them as well to really help kind of overcome this challenges, challenge and ensure that they were yielding the results that they needed to from a, a KPI perspective. So those are just two examples. As we work with different clients, obviously their goals and objectives are, are different. And so we partner very closely with them to identify what those are up front 
and then ensure that we're all collectively achieving them. Because if, if they win, we all win as we think about making their communities healthier. Gotcha. Cody, uh, anything to add there? Yeah, um, just one uh, specific example of skilled nursing facility out in uh, New Hampshire um, county-owned facility. They, they had a, a few challenges with uh, Medicare, Medicare claims and some that were you know, stuck in that dreaded RTP status. Uh, one great example of just utilizing our Medicare enterprise solution. Within two weeks of utilizing it and seeing things in a different way, we were able to jump in, correct an MSD, MSP claim that was worth $11,000 to a county-owned nonprofit organization. And just getting money back in the door that was, was owed to them from two years ago that we, they just had a lot of challenges with on that one specific claim. I think it's just a great example of, of, of the level of detail that we go into and level of uh, functionality that we have throughout our solutions. And being able to pull that back in the doors, again, what, what really matters so we can, we can uh, turn that back into a, a higher level of patient care. Yeah. And how do you encourage the employees to, to overcome that whole obstacle of of trying to embrace technology. That's always scary for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, and it is scary. And I, I think the uh, biggest thing is um, we, we kind of prove what we say we're going to do up front. And uh, if that's uh, the testing up front or if that's um, allowing uh, users, excuse me, to uh, use the solution before and that's, that's what it takes, uh, we're willing to do those things. But we're a partner to think that we've proven with a proven track record that we're going to do what we say we're going to do and we're always there for the client. Well, thanks so much. This was really great information. Again, I'd like to extend my thanks to Missy Miller, Cody Chambers, and Tim Dawson, all from Waystar. And thanks to all of you for listening to this Market Leaders podcast. I hope you'll join us again soon.